Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and good morning. It is Friday. The weekend is nearly upon us. And we welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask, please, hit the subscribe button. Okay? We ask you, please do that. Uh, We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. Just go to the Chatterbox Sports page. If you prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, please do. Just search up Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Bengals will leave town tomorrow back on the practice field today. Now, yesterday, it's still T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joseph Asai, Trent Taylor listed as limited on the injury report, whatever that means. Mike Hilton did not practice yesterday. We told you Hayden Hurst is out of the walking boot, but he's not going to play. And don't know what the deal is with Joe Burrow and this elbow issue. Hopefully no big deal. The Buccaneers, as we told you yesterday with Matt Matera from down in Tampa, have injuries everywhere, especially on defense, which includes three of their top players on the defensive side. Game time in Tampa is set for 425 on Sunday. Casey, Paul, good morning, men. Today, very well. You guys okay? Yeah, we're doing good today. You seem a little rattled, Casey. You all right? I'm just I mean, tired. right out of the gate. You're a little rattled. What's the deal? I'm just tired today. Tired, just tired. Okay, tired. well, much I like wish this, we had the... much like this show. You're just tired. <laughs> tired. I need to add the tired button. We have a tired button right here. Just... We just need to clip it. Can give me, give, give me a... your best tired. It's, it's all tired. It really is. It's all tired. Why, 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 is, uh, why is the chat and all that stuff not coming up here? Uh-oh. I mean, I got Do my I son's computer. All right, hold on. Uh, whole nine yards. Maybe this is it right here. Um, nope. Nope. Hold on. Is that it right there? Uh, no, that's yesterday. Tom, this is throwing television. Here we are. There we go. Okay, we're all good. We're all good. Thank you. Man, we got lots of folks already dialed in today. Uh, well, what's the line, by the way, in that Bengals game? Has it changed at all? Uh, let me see. It's, it's three and a half, I think. Three and a half. Okay. All right. And, and again, this, 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 this computer, my son's, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I mean, he's got his, all his little stickers on this thing, but hopefully we got that figured out and turned down the volume. No, we haven't. It's still on. Um, can you guys hear that? Yeah, Please. I mean, this is ridiculous. I am so technologically inept. It just makes me sick. Um, okay, well, let, let's get off to a better start. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Thank you, Mom. All right. Um, elsewhere in the division, Tyler Huntley has been uh, cleared in concussion protocol. He's scheduled to start a quarterback for the Ravens tomorrow. That's a Saturday game in Cleveland. Lamar Jackson, he's out. Now, explain this one to me. I read this on some website that said if the Ravens win the game, and Paul, this is right up your alley. If the Ravens win the game, their odds go to 76% of winning the AFC North. 
Can you explain that to me, please? Uh, I mean, they got to play the Bengals again. Yeah. But yesterday in one of the game stories, I think it was ESPN.com, whatever um, site they're using or whatever data they're using, whatever it was, in the body of the article, it said if the Ravens win this game, that their likelihood of winning the AFC North jumps to 76%. Well, I guess if you look at it, the Ravens are, they're playing this game in, um, in Cleveland. They have two more home games after that before coming to Cincinnati, but you're playing the Falcons and the Steelers, both right. of which, you know, you'd like to think if you're a Ravens fan, you can win both of those games. So then from there, if you're coming down to week 18, at the same time, the Bengals would basically have to win out, and they're playing a much, much tougher schedule. You have the Bills mixed in there. You okay, have, I figured you that have was to part go of it. to Tampa. You have to go to New England. Right. So okay, the the Ravens would just have more of an inside track. They're basically on banking on the Bengals losing one more one game more and that game. last game of the year being irrelevant. Yeah. Based basically. on their lack of strength of schedule. Basically. Okay. All right. Cleveland, by the way, is a three point favorite for that game. That is a four thirty kickoff tomorrow. Also tomorrow, a big one in the AFC East as Miami losers of two in a row head to Buffalo. Supposed to be snow everywhere. 8 p.m. kickoff. I'm sure that'll be really pleasant sitting outside a rich stadium or whatever they call it now. Bills are favored by seven. Other big ones around the league with major playoff implications include the Red Hot Lions in the Meadowlands to play the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. And Mike White White is going to play quarterback. That is one tough ombre. Atlanta is in New Orleans. Former UC star Des Ritter makes his first NFL started quarterback for the Falcons, who, along with Carolina, are one game back of Tampa Bay for the division league. Can you put that into perspective for a minute? When we saw the Falcons and the Panthers against the Bengals, they looked like the two worst teams I've ever seen. And they're a game out of first. New England plays the Raiders in Vegas. The Giants in D.C. to face the Commanders Sunday night. Last night, they're not red hot. They're white hot. The 49ers. They clinched the NFC West title. Their sixth straight win. A 21-13 victory over the Seattle Seahawks, who are fading and fading fast. They were a great story early, but they are fading fast. It's the earliest the Niners have won a divisional championship since 2011. And they're on their third starting quarterback. Now that's getting it done, boys. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this in a minute. College football, the bowl season kicks off this morning down in the Bahamas. Where would you rather be? Right? On a Friday morning, mid-December, than the Bahamas. And that's where the Miami Redhawks are. They're a 10.5-point underdog to UAB. On Saturday, the the Wasabi Fenway Bowl from Fenway Park in Boston. Supposed to be a lot of snow there, too. UC taking on Louisville. Neither team, of course, with its heads coach from the regular season. We wish Kerry Combs all the best. He's one of our all-time favorites. He's the interim head coach for this game. This is an important start for Evan Prater. He really struggled in his first start there at the end of the regular season after Ben Bryant went down with an injury. The Cardinals are favored by one in that game. Go ahead. Is that it? Is that all we got? 
Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I was all in all, there are nine bowl games over the next 48 hours. So enjoy. College basketball, what a weekend coming up. Five games involving matchups of top 25 ranked teams, including UCLA and Kentucky. North Carolina plays Ohio State. UC is at home tomorrow against LaSalle. Xavier begins Big East play tonight at Georgetown. And the Yankees go out and spend another $162 bucks. And it's a day that ends in Y. <laughs> All right. We have um, uh, piling up here. Piling up. Uh, lots of our favorites inside the chat already. Emperor Starscream says the Niners look incredible. Will be a tough matchup if the Bengals can get them in the Super Bowl. Jordan says it's a purdy party. <laughs> Sir Boy Wonder is there. The real spirit cat is back. Brian B., He's bummed that he has to listen to Tony Romo again this weekend. That'll be Same. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. You know what we need to do is on these Friday shows, we need to get some we need to get some bumping intro music. We need to get something going on a Friday show when the monologue's done and we kind of roll into this. We need to get some some sort of theme music going for a Friday for a weekend. Right? I think you're right. You know, we, we, we'd have to pay for that. But, I mean, is there really, w w whether you did not like kind of those bands back in the 80s. But, look, you're not going to admit it. A lot of you aren't going to admit it. But once it gets cranked up, you're somewhere, and all of a sudden you hear on some speaker, and it's really loud. That band, <clears throat> Lover Boy. Everybody's working for the weekend. You know what song I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, look, I know it's Lover Boy. I know they were walking around in bandanas. You know, and all that kind of headbands and that kind of thing. That's fine. But that tune is a great tune to kick off the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. That's it. Da, da, da. All right. Nobody? Well, everybody uh, wants a little romance. No, it's a big league song. <laughs> big league song. Um, okay. We've got Zim Hude coming up here shortly. We talked about Zim yesterday and the response from hundreds of you out there about his Twitter ban. Um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people that really miss him being on there. Um, he very much is the everyday man voice of the Bengals, in my opinion. Uh, I've told the story before. I had never met Zim Hude. Uh, my son was following him uh, like two, three years ago. We started this show. We came up with the idea of trying to reach out and trying to find some of the, the, the fans who have a voice but also know what they're talking about to have on this show on a regular basis. And we try to do that with other teams around the league. We did with Matt yesterday, different kind of cat than Zim Hude, but we had him yesterday. We've had on Vach from Dallas. We've had on Matt from Kansas City. We've had on Big Low Country from Atlanta. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of guys. Nobody is him. Nobody's yeah. him. I think the closest one we ever had was probably Vach. And that's like, you know, when are we going to get him on? Just when the Dallas Cowboys play the Bengals? Zim is on every week, fellas. He is on every week, and we're going to have him on here again here shortly to talk about, you know, where all this stands. I, when you get banned from Twitter, yeah. um, 
do they notify you if you're going to be reinstated? How does it, you know how that it, works? Yeah. Yeah. So basically the way it works, it, I guess it depends now because it's, it could be different with Elon. I, I don't know, but the way it used to work and the way I think it still works at least to a degree is that you get suspended and then after three days or seven days, depending on how long your suspension is, you can apply for reinstatement. Now, if you don't apply for reinstatement, then the account just stays suspended until you do. Okay. But Zim could, uh, uh, basically, he could apply for reinstatement. And then if he ever does again, whatever he got suspended for this time, I don't know what, even if it was BS, whatever he got suspended for, they suspended him for something. And if he was to ever do that again, then he would get, I don't know, either permanently removed or a longer suspension. It's all kind of murky now, though, because of Elon. I mean, I don't know if you've seen what Elon's doing yep. over the last couple of days, yep. suspending those journalists yep. tweeting out about his private jet. Yep. But, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's all kind of gray area right now where we don't – I mean, not that Elon Musk is going after Zim Hude. No. Well, he but, practically you know, like, is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but not – you know – it's not Elon is directly going after these journalists. He's not directly going after Zim Hude, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I'll be curious to hear from Zim what the email was. Cause, cause, um, I don't know. We have Zim in here. So let's, let's hear from him. All right. Well, let's get right to him. Uh, let's get to the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. There's nothing that's a myth about him. He is the legend hanging out. And we're not going to give his address. Like those journalists were trying to give out Elon Musk and his family and how they were, traveling and all that kind of thing zim how are you doing and what in the world is going on can you give us a status update do you have any update well i am still alive i'm still uh screaming who day every single day of my life if you all you know you you, you do know why I, I have been suspended from twitter uh but uh i don't think elon's against me i just feel like a couple people that were upset that I just did my thing and they they got together and, and like collectively like reported my account because I've never been suspended before. I never had no offense or nothing like that. And I and I created my Twitter account probably like 10 years ago. I just started going on it like two and a half years ago. People think like I've been there like I, I just started really going on there the last two years, two and a half at the beginning. But I've I never been suspended before. That's what's so weird about it to me. Uh, it wasn't like a violent attack. I wasn't saying it wasn't a slur. It wasn't nothing, none of that stuff. And then I just wake up, my account is suspended. I, I feel like a, a bunch of them Browns dudes just mass reported it and, yeah. and treated it like a, a thing, you know, like, I don't know, like something bigger than what it was. And because of the all the Twitter people that worked at Elon letting all them people, I think the review process is a lot different because I was listening to some of that. There is a three-day period. They gave me an upgrade, uh, update, and they were like, "Well, yeah, like your account is suspended. Like you're not getting it back." That's that's what the email from Twitter says. But I've been told um, I had a guy that that we like. Uh, he's he's a statistician. He had his account suspended too, and he said he just kept on appealing, and it gave him the the same messages. I've been trying to talk to some people higher up though in the last couple of days to see. Can I get somebody from Twitter to just review it? Because I'm really confident if they just go look at it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like nothing crazy. It's just so, I mean, dude at the cursing end of the in, a, day, in a tweet. At the end of the day, 
uh, if, if I hear you telling it right. Th- th- this is really no different than some of the back and forth that you have with fans, whether it's the Steelers or whether it's fill in the blank, doesn't make any difference, Ravens, that kind of thing. It's just that this time a, a, a group of people decide basically in mass that they're going to file whatever it is they file or log a complaint or whatever it might be. I mean, there's nothing different than most of the time that you're going at it and having some fun and, and jabbing some of the fans of other teams, right? No different, bro. It's the same exact thing. I noticed, though, like after that game, I was like, man, the energy was kind of weird. I would be posting like Bengals stuff and then it Browns people like underneath a tweet and be like, Cam Taylor Britt isn't as good as as your you know, I'm not even saying anything. I didn't even have a tweet about the Browns. Even after the game, I went to their Twitter space because I, I feel like everybody was gonna look at me like I was gonna be like, Oh my god, look at us. Like I'm not that guy. After the game, I went to the Twitter space. I was like, Hey, just wanna congratulate you guys on, you know, getting out of the game healthy, shake your hand. I think y'all going to be a, a thing next year. They didn't even I, – I felt like they were acting weird towards that. Then I went back to the Bengals thing and just went to go celebrate with our guys. Nobody was talking crazy about them, and I just think that it really hurt them that they knew that the bank like, – like that was the totality of their season, right. and they understood. Like our season is really over, and the Bengals ended that, and there's nothing I could say to make them feel any better about it. Well, I've been told uh, in private circles that Elon Musk is a regular viewer of this program uh, because he knows there's no disinformation, there's no misinformation. We just lay all the cards out on the table, equal opportunity employer here, and and let you make the decision. All right. Uh, If there's anything, Zim, you know. If there's anything at all that any of us here on Off the Bench can do, we have your back. You're our guy. You're one of our guys. You're 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 on the team. So we good? Appreciate it, man. I I was doing a show yesterday, Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Pod, and uh, I think it was Trace or someone from Chatterbox came in and gave a great donation to our show. We were actually we had just interviewed my guy Joe Mixon. So yesterday was a really really good day. I think for content creators like myself and Chatterbox, I know y'all always got my back. So I really really appreciate it. Um, like I said, if anybody's watching this, you know somebody that works at Twitter, I promise you, I'll show you the tweet and everything like that. Nothing egregious, regular tweeting, you know, action. But um, I really do appreciate your support. Hey, buddy, we, we, we love you. All right, now, let's, uh, let's shift gears here to this one in Tampa Bay. We had a guy on yesterday who covers the Buccaneers every single day, has for years and years and years. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, the, the, the whole state of the Buccaneers, whether it was Brady coming back after he had retired, um, all the issues along the offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, lots of issues as far as injuries are concerned on the defensive side. Um, what, what are you looking for here this week from the Bengals? We don't know if Boyd's going to play. He says he's going to play, but we don't know. We don't know what the state is of T. Higgins. Hendrickson looks like he's not going to play. Hurst is not going to play. What are your thoughts of uh, going down to Tampa facing a desperate Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? I really feel like this is a game where the defense, once again, I don't know if we got into this, but I, I think I was, you know, talking about how well the defense I thought played last week. Yep. This is another game where the defense has to be able to carry in those moments because Tyler Boyd thinks that he'll play. My gut tells me that Zach Taylor doesn't let him play. I'm even 
skeptical about T. Higgins because I think the coaching staff understands how important it is for our guys to be ready for the playoffs or at the very least be ready for the Bills. And I think that that game right there is really, really important to them. And the defense is going to have to step up in a major way. I thought the bigger injury to Trey Hendrickson is a little bit bigger in my opinion because Joseph Osai has never, you know, had a starting edge role. I think, you know, we're going to find out, like, you know, what this guy's made of and what if he were to have a big game. I just think that our, our outlook on the team is going to be really sky high if you can get, like, a sack or two from Joseph Osai coming up this week. But I think everything starts up front. Uh, Vita Vale on the opposite side for the Buccaneers, I don't believe is going to play. And that is major for what they want to be able to do as far as them stopping the run. I do think it's a Joe Mixon, Samaji P. Ryan um, game. I think Mixon goes for another 100 yards again. I also think Joe Burrow is going to probably scramble and get like 40, 50 yards as well, too. I don't know if that's a hot take. Aside from that, it's just the name of the game is to make Tom Brady feel uncomfortable. The only time he scored 30 points this year was against the Chiefs in like a in like a shootout. Even if they got into a shootout type atmosphere, which I highly doubt. I still like my chances with number nine, and that, and that's what it is. I think the magic number for the Bengals is like 27 points. They score 27 points. You know, I, I just don't see the Bucks scoring that. Um, and I'm not just basing this off of last week, them only scoring seven against the, the you know, probably the best defense in football with the 49ers. But the offense has been out of sync the whole entire season. They've had a, many, many injuries in the secondary. They, they're getting a couple guys back. But at the same time, they got guys like Murphy Button and different guys in their secondary that have been practicing limited all week. It's still Jamar Chase. I think that Todd Bowles is going to be able to come up with a better plan than what Joe Woods did. But I feel really confident that, uh, you know, Trent Taylor and and, um, and uh, T.I. come up and, and do good in their one-on-one -on -one roles. And I, I don't think the Bengals' office is going to ask them to do but so much. And, that, and, and if you show him a cover two, Joe Burrow is going to show you, hey, I'm going to take the check down in true Tom Brady-like fashion. Are you pretty excited at all, Zim, uh, about the first matchup between Burrow and Brady? Obviously, they don't play against each other. It's not a one-on-one -on -one game. We know that. It goes without saying. But uh, it makes for a nice storyline. Are you excited about it? I'm pretty excited about it. The one thing I do think is like some of the greats like yourself, some of the people that have accomplished like a lot of different things in life. I hate when people, this is like a pet peeve of mine. It's like our society is so knee jerk reaction to everything. Everybody always wants to be able to compare like this is the next guy. And I think it in a weird way, it kind of diminished what Tom Brady has accomplished. I don't think like Joe comes to the podium. He says, I'm Joe and Tom is Tom. I do know that Joe Burrow says that, but in the back of his mind, he's like, I want to kill Tom Brady. Like, I do know Joe Burrow, he's sure, built like that, sure. and, and, and it is what it is. But I, I think the comparisons when you're talking about attributes is good. The killer mindset at the end of games, but I, I do dislike um, the comparisons to Joe Burrow and Tom Brady because I think that it just takes away, it's such in a now, like you're looking at Tom Brady right now, but you're taking away all those championship rings on his mm -hmm. finger all the different things that he's done. So I think Tom Brady, no matter what happens in this game, is Tom Brady. And Joe Burrow is still trying to create something and get to his first championship. Uh, but I do see the similarities. I, I am glad that everybody's interested in it. Uh, there's a couple graphics going around where most of the United States is going to be forced to watch the game. So I thought that was really dope. 
but I think it is a bit of the change in the regards because who knows if Tom Brady ever plays again. Uh, Burrow said he's not interested in a in a jersey swap, and I thought that was so like so Joe Burrow, like you know, no jersey swaps, or whatever. Maybe they do it anyway, but that competitive fire, that competitive edge, I'm telling you, he's a cold blooded killer. Yeah, you know that 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 stuff has always made me crazy uh, about players in front of everybody. Uh, and, and this was a big deal in baseball, the fraternization of, of guys before the game and around batting practice. And there was a point in time where, you, you know, you, you did not speak to guys on the other team, right? You were getting ready right. to play them at night. And now all of a sudden with baseball, I mean, it's like a, it, it, it's like a hate Asbury before every game. It's a big love fest and guys hugging and kissing and all this sort of nonsense uh, before they play against each other. And now you're seeing it virtually after every NFL game. I mean, if yeah. Burrow – and look, would Burrow like to swap jerseys with Tom Brady? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know anybody in their right mind who's a football fan that wouldn't want to swap jerseys with Tom Brady or plays football right. that wouldn't want to swap jerseys with Tom Brady. You just don't have to do it in front of everybody. Right. I think I think there's a right and a and a way I would do it, but I can't force somebody to do it the way I think that they should sign their own jerseys and mail it to the you know to their house. That's the way I look at it. But you're right. I, I the as much as I love LeBron James, the difference between this generation of basketball players is when I was a kid, Michael Jordan wasn't fraternizing and being no. cool or chilling. He wasn't doing none of that stuff like before or after the game. No. And uh, when when he lost, yeah, he shook your hand, but he got out of there quick. It wasn't no smiling. It wasn't no secret handshakes of what we used to do at AAU basketball. I feel like as great as LeBron is, is he's like one of the main corp. Uh, he's the main like offender in that right. where he's made it like this friendly environment, like before after the game. Even him and Draymond Green, they should hate each other. But for whatever reason, they get on pods and stuff, and they're, like, real buddy-buddy. And I, I just think to myself sometimes, like, rest in peace to Kobe. Like, Kobe would never do that. No. Like, none of that stuff. Like, no and, you, and you, talk, you tied it in with baseball, too. It's, like, the same thing, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, Pete I just, Rose wasn't I'm out not, there. I'm not that guy. Hank Aaron wasn't out there. Willie Mays wasn't out there before games. And there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, Brendan, you sound like an old man. I am an old man. But I just think there's a place to do it. There's a place to do it. There's a place for it. It just doesn't have to be in front of the whole world to see. Um, right. All right. You know, I, I got to tell you, Zim, you seem a little neutered today. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a little worried about you. Um, you know, when, 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 when things like this happen, and Lord knows, I mean, I've been through different stuff at different levels. We all have. Everybody out there watching. Right. Uh, we all go through what we go through, and you, you, you try to keep putting that foot forward. But you, you, you seem a little neutered today. So I'm a little worried about you. So I am going to do it out in the open. We are going to fraternize and extend, <laughs> you know, hope and joy and peace, especially this time of year. Are you really okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really good. I'm fine. Uh, I will say, you know, everything does happen for a reason. Uh, but I think the way you're feeling like that, honestly, it is earlier than what I normally probably come on. I haven't had coffee, so I'm not as wired up. Okay. Two, I don't feel like this Bucks game is like a I, – I, I just don't feel like they're as good as the Bengals on any level. Like, you know, maybe a healthy Bucks team uh, with Ryan Jensen, who hasn't played the whole entire season. Like, sure. I just think there's some things that I worry about with it. But it's hard for me to get really riled up. Like, you remember in the Browns game last week, I wasn't really riled up because I just don't feel like they're on a level. Like, catch me when we play the Bills or something like that. 
I feel well, like I'm gonna catch a, you when they play the Bills. Like I'm a competitor, man. Like if you're not if you're not like on the same level, whatever, it's hard for me to get riled up. And I think that's what made the Browns feel feel like a little slighted. I was telling them the truth. I was like, you guys really aren't a good team. <laughs> like you guys have only won five games. Stop telling us that you could win out and go to the playoffs. Like your season is virtually over and nobody likes your quarterback. I'm not here. I'm not here to mentor these guys. I'm here to like tell them the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. You know, if the Bengals suck, people gotta hit me sometimes when the Bengals suck, they be like, Zim, I think you should tone it down a little bit. They're not really that good. I'm like, all right, all right, let me let me take a deeper dive in it. So it's not that uh the Twitter thing too, it is I will tell you the bright side of this. I have gotten a lot more work done. I'm yes. working on a real big a real big project. I was telling uh, my guy last night, I'm working on a really big project and it's like a hundred pages. And from a construction standpoint, there are details. This is one page I've been on for like the last two hours, just making sure I got all of my costs and all these, like there's attention to detail that I, if I was in Twitter or on those spaces, I think I would, I might've looked past some of that stuff. So I do think that I am kind of like in work mode, kind of focused and uh it's a really nice day outside so this is one of the days where i'm gonna sit outside get away from stuff but it has been refreshing not to wake up you gotta think i go on trips i go all around the world and i was on that twitter no matter what because i didn't feel like it was my twitter i always felt like it was like the Bengals twitter like if the Bengals had like a cool dude like <laughs> tweeting all this stuff or whatever i always felt like i was like the Bengals twitter so it was like so like I woke up every day. I don't care if I was on a trip and my wife was cool with it. She was like, you know, that's what you really love. So I would, no matter where I was in a country, like every single day I made it. And I still on my Instagram, it's the same way I go. I don't go a day without posting stuff about the Bengals. I feel like it's part of my job. And when I get real old, I won't do it no more, but I'm hoping like somebody younger than me, like, you know, like your son or like little, like little Brainy, like little Luke. Somebody like that takes over the reins and, and kind of comes with that same energy is like what I'm 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 hoping that it and I think it's working because them Instagram accounts and stuff like man them kids be on it man I'm telling now, you. I'm telling you man you you are the man I mean you are the man and when we miss you on Twitter but but you know what I, I like that you're getting some of your life back uh, because you know I I, I I wish you'd share some of that with uh, with a lot of our kids out there get off the phone. And, and start doing some other things, and you'll find out you don't miss the phone. So. These kids don't really want to be on the phone and playing video games as much. If you give all of these kids, like, an option to go do something else, like, hey, let's go outside and play flag football real quick. Let's go play, like, but I, I feel like it's up to, like, the like I, we get so complacent and, like, all right, they're on their phone. I'm going to just let them do their thing. Anytime that you give kids, like, an opportunity to be active with something else, I promise you, if somebody's listening, you got kids, they love it. They just, you know, they're not at the age yet that make those type of decisions. So what's easy? I'm laying down, I'm playing a game, whatever. It's, I don't have to really think about the process. It's same thing. Like if you got a birthday coming up or something, who you got to have somebody plan the event so that everybody comes out. If not, the, the birthday person is just going to sit back and be like, all right, I'll take this cake and I'm chilling. You know, so it's like sometimes you need like, uh, uh, engine to kind of make the, the kids go out and do stuff. That's why I said I used to send the kids like videos and stuff when Jamar Chase, I wanted Jamar Chase to go to the Bengals. I would send them hype videos and I'd be like, hey, go post this on your Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I was like, the more people we get to do that. And then, then they started being like, all right, well, I'm going to go edit some videos and stuff like that. And 
telling you, you give kids something to do, they will take advantage of it. Nobody really wants to be locked inside all day. Well, I there's promise. no doubt about it. Well, Zim, we, we, we love having you here. Uh, we got your back, as I said earlier. Have a great weekend. Get the Bengalis a win, number 10 on the year. And we move on next week to New England. All right. Keep the countdown coming. For, uh, the, the, the pound free Zim, the, the day four or whatever. Uh, keep it coming. I love it. I love free it. Free Zim. <laughs> yes. Leader of men. Bengals <laughs> fan. Keep that Zim, countdown going. Have a great day, my man. God bless you. Peace. Peace. Hey, look, Talk to you. You know, uh, you know uh, I might have to get on the hotline, the off the bench hotline, and, um, and uh, reach out to Mr. Musk. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. And just say, hey, look, I know you got a billion other things to worry about, uh, including running some of those clowns out of there who used to work there. Um, and look, you got a lot on your mind. But Elon, can I call you Elon? Let's free our man, Zim. Zim Huday. He's a regular guy, hardworking guy. You just heard. He's pouring over a 100-page document, construction details. You imagine construction details. Now, your dad knows construction details, right? Does. Yep. Does that mean you grew up learning how to do all that stuff? You, you, you kind of a handyman kind of a guy? Yeah, I know a thing or two. Okay. And, and Paul, you? Probably not. What gave that away, Tom? Yeah, it's just a guess. <laughs> Absolutely not. God, I wish I was. You know, I mean, look, those, you know, every parent has their strengths and weaknesses. But what happens is when it comes to being a handyman kind of guy, right? That normally is handed down generation after generation. Casey's going to do the same thing. Good Lord willing, you know, he, he and his bride-to-be have kids one day uh, because he knows how to do it. I never learned how to do it from my dad. It's not indicting my dad for anything. But um, Zim obviously has that skill. And, I, and I, I've always been amazed. I used to say all the time when I was traveling around on TV and, I, you know, you get around the Troy Aikmans and the Bride Billicks and Chris Spielman and Charles Davis, all these guys – all talented guys in their own way. But the guy that I would always find myself most fascinated by was a guy who's called the technical producer. He's a guy that when that truck pulls up to fill in the blank, whatever stadium's out there, ballpark, whatever, right? And all this equipment is loaded into this truck that's just been driven from Lord knows where. Like in the NFL, if I had a game in San Francisco on a Sunday and then the next week, uh, the game I'm doing is in the Meadowlands, okay? We had two truck drivers that would drive that truck from San Francisco during the week all the way to New York, okay? When that truck pulled up, it's loaded with all the equipment inside, right? Boxed up perfectly, everything in its place. There's one guy responsible for making sure that everything works. From the time you plug into the power to the time the red light goes on, and the cameras, and the audio board, and the monitors in the TV truck, and everything in the booth, the microphones, the graphics machines, the replay machines, all of this stuff. One guy has that title. He's the technical producer, and that's the guy you want to make sure you're tight with. But I always found what he did. He was the single most amazing, interesting person for me, that we would travel with each and every day. Okay. Casey was kind of on that side of things for a little while, weren't you, Casey? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I never got into the 
hardcore professional scene, but I did a lot of college events. Yeah. So there we go. Look at us all over the board, just filling it up, grinding sports media. Somebody's talking about my fit today. Ooh. You know, I mean, I have a lot of similar shirts just like this one. So if you're getting wrapped up in it, I ran that some of that stuff, by the way, with my uh, son. I told him about some of these things. Yeah. Slap, slaps, slapped, you know, right? Yesterday fit. Do we have another one today? Uh, We should. We're going to. Do we have it, Casey? All right. Well, let's don't get into it now. No, no. Uh, We have lots of picks coming up later today. We thank Zim Hude, as always, for his time. Wish him a great weekend. Uh, But we're starting today. We're going to pick every college bowl game. And the bowl season actually begins in a little less than an hour with Miami of Ohio kicking off the bowl season against UAB. Really happy for, uh, is it Coach Martin, right, at Miami? Yes. We had him up uh, early in the year. Really good guy. He was on the show early this season before Miami played uh, UC. Uh, Look, Miami of Ohio sports, I got to tell you, I don't know what's going on up there. And, you know, the old ad, chicken of the egg, do the fans show up, you win, you, you win, then they show up. Um, as far as school spirit is concerned, uh, Miami of Ohio has got to be near the bottom 10 uh, of, of, of major conferences in the country. And I, believe me, I don't like saying that. I mean, I remember there was a time when you went to a game at Millette Hall in basketball. I was at Ohio University my same four years at OU were the same four years that Ron Harper played for Miami of Ohio in basketball. And OU and Miami were the two best teams in the league every year. Two of the years I was in college, out of the four I was there, two of the years OU won the regular season, That same, those same two years, Miami won the tournament. The other two years, Miami won the regular season, OU won the tournament. So every single year, one of those two teams, if not both in one case, went to the NCAA tournament. So I remember walking into Millette Hall. I remember walking into Miami football games when that place was jumping. And now not so much anymore. You been to Millette Hall lately, Paul? No, it, but I do watch the games, and it is, it's a tough scene. It's a real tough scene. And so Coach Martin, good for him uh, to take over that program. He's starting to do a lot of good things. Yep. I hope that uh, I know that the, the the administration's behind him and the athletic department's behind him. I hope the student body starts to get behind him, because I mean they've got that street up there. Well, what's the name of that street? Brick Street. Brick Street. Yeah. I mean, look, how many times can you go to Brick Street? And that's coming from a guy who used to go to Court Street regularly. Now that's a real big league street, Court Street. That's an A town. Uh, I should say, while we're talking about bowl season, somebody that's sitting on the other side of this wall can throw it in the chat, but we do have a link to the college football pick'em bowl group that is Chatterbox Sports, to our big bowl group. You have to be in that by 1130 today because the group locks uh, when the first bowl game is played. You don't have to pick all 43 or however many bowl games there are today. You just pick them before they kick off. Uh, You can pick them all today if you want, but... Just You have to be in the group before the first game kicks off, and that's at 11.30. So you have less than an hour. If you want to join our pick'em group for the college bowl season, 
Click the link. It's already on Twitter on the Seabox Sports Twitter page. It's up in the up up here above me in the top corner. You can see our Twitter handle. Um, but also, it'll be here in the chat in just a second. So, get up there and join it. We have a pretty good group, I will say, Tom. We have a we have a pretty sizable group of people that's already in it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was seeing it yesterday. I, I I didn't know what to expect. We were kind of talking about it. You know, are we going to get 10, 15 people? I, uh, we were close to probably 30, 40 people in this, at least. That's great. A couple pages worth. We're going to start yeah. after 32. the new year to start having some outings from time to time. Maybe take this show on the road from time to time. Uh, we've been talking about that idea. Uh, getting out to some local you know, uh, restaurants, bars, whatever the case may be. And, and, and inviting all of you to come out there and join us. Maybe we change the time of the show. Because I don't know, um, you know, I don't know about having a beer at 10A. We've all done it. But, you know, wouldn't want to make it a regular kind of deal like Paul and Casey do. Sure. Uh, right before they come in to, to produce this program. But, uh, but we got to start looking in, into doing that. I think. And forgive me, by the way, for any advertising on the back of this computer. Mine is broken. Keys are broken on it. Uh, and so I'm using my son's old uh, computer here today. He's got all his little decals on the back. And I'm trying to keep those off there so we're not handing out free advertising all the time. Fellas, the NFL has three games tomorrow. And I know we're going to get into picks a little bit later on, okay? But I brought up earlier that the Ravens, if they win this game based on, you know, the rest of their schedule we talked about a minute ago, based on the Bengals' schedule the rest of the way, even though they have identical records right now, Baltimore owns a tiebreak from winning the first game. If they were to both win out to get to the last game of the season here in Cincinnati, Bengals beat them. Bengals are the division champs. Uh, and, and more than likely would have a very serious chance of being the number one seed. Um, this Cleveland-Baltimore game tomorrow, you know, there, there was some debate as to whether or not Huntley was going to be able to play quarterback, and they were going to have to hand things over to Anthony Brown, who was signed as a free agent uh, rookie quarterback out of Oregon, I believe it is. Uh, but now all of a sudden, Huntley's back. Uh, I know the Browns are at home, but I think Huntley has proven enough. I know everybody likes to go back to last year when he started his first game, when Lamar Jackson was hurt. He beat Chicago. Then he lost four games in a row to end the season. Okay? Two of those games were by a single point. But now all of a sudden, he takes over for Lamar, and they just find ways to continue to win. Um, are you guys surprised Cleveland is a favorite in this game, even though they're at home? Last time I checked, the Browns are 5-9. and nine. Is that right? They're 5-8. Five and, eight. Five and Pardon me. Yeah, 5-8. and eight. And the Ravens are 9-4. and four. They just continue to win no matter who plays quarterback. Paul, what is the money telling us in Vegas about this I, game? I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, I, personally, I'm not shocked that they're, uh, that they're favorites, but let me check it out. Okay. Um, the money. Oh, here we go. More bets. 64% of the bets on Baltimore. 62% of the money on Cleveland. Sharp money coming in on the Browns. Really? Yep. You know, a lot of people like to say, and Casey is at the very front of this line, that, you know, the Ravens aren't very good. 
that they just continue to win ugly and, you know, all this kind of thing. The last time I checked, Casey, they just find a way to win. They find a way to adapt. If they've got a rookie quarterback, we're going to run it for 250. Our defense is going to shut you down. And if it's 16 to 13 or 10 to 7 or 13 to 10, we're walking off into the locker room after the game with a win. Don't you think the Ravens come away with a win again this week, Casey? Um, you know, it is kind of tough. Um, I was surprised with the line um, that the Browns were favored by three. I just looked up. There's really no notable injuries except for two offensive linemen for the Ravens, uh, Morgan Moses and Kevin Zeitler, ex-Bengal. Um, those are kind of big deals, uh, both starters. Um, but I just, with the Ravens, they have a really great running game. And I'm not sure. I mean, the, if the Browns were smart, I think they can win this game. Like, I, I Yes, think they, I do think they can I, win the game. I'm with you on that. But I, it really just depends on if they, if they come out looking like they did against us week eight where they were just dominant on all phases of football or if they come out looking like they did last week against us where it was you know a rocky play calling they weren't really able to run the ball um they were able to move the ball a little bit throwing it but Deshaun wasn't quite all the way there yet um a lot of it depends on Deshaun yeah right so for me I'm I'm surprised that it's not still favored by the Ravens by like a point or or two. Um, so I when we do make our picks, I think I think we all know who we're picking on this one just because of how surprised we are with the line. I know you you said you weren't, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really hope the Browns can do something here. I do too. I really do. I do too. I mean, I you know it's hard to root for the Browns, uh, but uh, you certainly are hoping uh, knowing the Bengals' schedule. Um, and, and look, I think we all agree that there's not a team in the NFL that the Bengals can't beat. There's not one. Doesn't matter yep. who they play, where they play them. If they've got their players on the field, they can beat anybody. And that includes the 49ers and that includes the Eagles. They've already proven they can beat the Chiefs. And we're going to find out about the Bills. And they got that game here in well, two weeks from Monday. But they've got a couple of big games between now and again. Uh, our Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. We're going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we are going to talk more about this Bengals game. You know, all of a sudden, Mike Hilton's not practicing, right? We've seen Cam Taylor Britt get a lot of playing time after a Wouzier went down. And now there's a, a lot of conversation that Dax Hill is going to get a lot of playing time this week. What does that mean against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? Now, am I throwing it to you guys here, or what do we do? You have so many new things every day. I'm not even sure what's going on. We haven't run an ad yet, so we're going to run UDF. All right, first. good enough. Back in a moment. Yep. All right, Casey. 
Yeah, we're just uh, we're back. We're back. We just didn't want to roll to the next break. To the next break because Tom just walked back in. But <laughs> anyways, you know we're here, Tom. I was talking to my wife, so I apologize. That's Sorry. absolutely okay. How, I tried to call her earlier, and she was out walking the dog. So, um, what are you guys talking? About? How how's she doing? Horn Frogs last night. Horn She's frogs. back on uh, finished up exams. Uh, all she could talk about was uh, wishes she was going to that game out in Phoenix. And I said, if they get to the national championship, or as she calls it, the natty. The yeah. natty. That's what all the kids in college call it down at TCU right now. If they get to the natty, we got to go. Do we need to do a teaching Tom on the natty? <laughs> I think that's what that, that's what everybody calls. I it. know what the natty is. Okay, I know I know what she's talking about. I mean, I might be short when it comes to things like slaps or slap or fit or something like that, but I know what she's talking about. All right. Okay. There's a little logic involved there. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't have logic. a lot of that, so I'll give you credit there. The natty. All right. What do we got here? Um. You know, we were starting to talk about, fellas, this um, – well, 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 one thing, and I, and I think this is a valid point. Um, someone here, uh, Emperor, had made the comment, third time is a charm for Watson. Uh, we saw uh, a considerable um, step forward for Deshaun Watson from the first game to the second game. Yeah. I mean, he had gone over 700 game, days without playing – you know, live bullets, as they say, playing in an NFL game and the speed and the violence and decisions and all those kinds of things. I mean, look, uh, it, 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 for a quarterback, it's mind boggling what these guys are able to do, even guys that are just medi mediocre. And he's much better than mediocre. Um, but he looked a lot better the second game. He, he might have a big game this week. Yeah, I mean, so I do want to say this one thing about about the Browns game last week. And if I was a Browns fan. Deshaun was was doing really well at the beginning. And we we all know about that fourth and one call. That to me changed just the whole momentum. It changed the outlook of the game. And it killed whatever progress Deshaun had from the get-go, starting off hot. Yep. I mean, it just hit the reset button. And they could never get it back after that. Um so I'm hoping. Kevin Stefanski can get out of his own way. Just call a normal game. Don't try to get cute. Let Deshaun play the whole thing. Treat him like you would if he was your franchise quarterback. Because that's the only way that they're going to be able to win this game. Because you know the Ravens are going to try to stack the box against Nick Chubb. And I also went back and looked. Those games have actually been pretty close. Ravens versus the Browns the last couple of years. So... I know it's a totally different situation, but the two, those two teams, as of late, duke it out. And if that's the case, if we can get a duke it out AFC North battle, I think the Ravens can come out on top because of the injuries on the offensive line on the Ravens. Well, I think that could be a big deal. You mean the Browns could come out on top? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we talked about this last week. Uh, most of the time, not every single time, but most of the time when you start looking around uh, at division matchups, uh, especially the AFC North, most of the time they're on the lower end of the scoring 
and they're normally pretty tight games. Now, you could say that pretty much for most divisional games around the NFL. Now, there's some teams that just have other teams' numbers. Right now, Buffalo is in that kind of thing uh, with New England. They, they, right now, they just got their number. Which brings us to a second game tomorrow. There's three games tomorrow. Two of them are huge games. Cleveland-Baltimore. And what to make of Miami? Fellas, there was a time three weeks ago when Miami, I think, had won its fourth or fifth game in a row since losing to the Bengals here on a Thursday night. Where everybody's talking about Tua, everybody's talking about him being in the MVP race, talking about the Dolphins look for real. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, Tua rolls his ankle, he continues to play, but he doesn't look the same. Like everybody else these days, they go out to San Francisco and they just get blown out of the gym. Okay, you write that one off, fine. They, they, they stay out west, they play the Chargers last week, they lose again. Chargers are average, a little better than average at best. And they've got more guys hurt maybe than any team in the league um, so far this season, especially on defense. And two in the Dolphins couldn't do a whole lot in that game. Now their third straight road game, and they are going to Buffalo. Now, I think we all agree. The Bills have not looked all that great lately, right? I mean, they've had a couple of games where Allen's getting a little sloppy with the ball and, and turning it over. And, you know, and, and then they've had a couple in there where they've, they've looked very good and they look like the best team in the AFC. There is no way Miami goes up there and wins that game tomorrow, is there? I mean, none. N-U-N, none. Is that well, why they might win, though? Well. <laughs> where's the money a, on that one? Before Casey, you answer that question. Paul, where's the money on that game? Uh, let me. And the spread is what, seven? Yeah, it's seven. That's yeah. down from ten. It's a touchdown. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, let me take a look. Hold on. We're getting there. I wanted to say that yes. it, is, it is snowing. It's going to be like a nine-inch snowfall. Right. So I think that might have something to do with the game. So 67% of the bets on uh, Buffalo, but it's the flip. 67% of the money on Miami. The Sharps. The Sharps are all over the Dolphins. Now, why would that be? What, what would make anybody? And, I, and look, I'm being serious about this. At, because I don't know anything about the gambling game. And there are guys that make a lot of money. There are a lot of guys that go broke and they lose their, they lose their house. They lose everything. And, and points in between. I, what, would, what information would there be out there? Now, I know Miami beat them the first time. I would make the argument that that's even more incentive for Buffalo this time around. Okay? What piece of information or pieces of information would make anyone believe that Miami can stay within a touchdown of Buffalo in Buffalo in December. Well, here's the thing. Looking back through the season, and the one thing I will say is that this game opened at 7.5, uh, at least to the site I'm looking at right here. They, it opened at 7.5. It's only down to 7, even with all this money on Miami. But the Bills have been pretty terrible against the spread this year. They're 5-7-1 against, okay. against the spread. But more importantly than that, because 5-7-1, that's just 42%, they haven't covered – huge spreads all that often okay um you know they, they've had two ten and a half point spreads a nine and a half i mean if you look at the last um let's see here where are we here 
the bank, they're playing the Dolphins this week. They have had one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five spreads of a touchdown or larger in the last seven weeks and haven't covered any of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, you know, look, you and I have talked about these before, and you talk a little bit of, uh, you talk a lot about this on your show, Not Too Picky. Um, for whatever reason, Buffalo, well, reasons, they've got a good team and they got good players and they got a good coach and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but when you start drifting into nine and a half and ten and a half point spreads, um, how many teams cover those? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's in the NFL. And how many times this year have we been doing the pick 'em between us, and we get to a ten point spread, and I just say, look, you know, I'm just going to look into this and say it's so tough in the NFL when you see these massive spreads. Now sometimes they make sense, but other times, uh, man, I I don't know. I just I just hate it when you get up towards the double digits. Now this one's not. This one's just at a touchdown, which you see plenty of those, um, but. I, I don't know with the weather and the and the way Miami has played lately and the Bills needing to really start generating some momentum here down a stretch run. I like the Bills in this game. We're getting breaking news here. Okay. I was talking earlier about how Mike White is one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen. And the beating he took at the hands of Buffalo's defense when they were sacked, they, they, they were blitzing all over the place. Bills, as we know, are without Von Miller. He's out for the year. And White just kept getting up. He'd leave the game. He'd come back. He'd get knocked down five more times. He'd get hurt. He'd get up. He'd come back in the game after leaving for a few plays. Well, apparently, uh, after being told all week that Mike White was going to start at quarterback, this just in. Jets team doctors are not ready to clear him for contact ahead of Sunday's game. And guess who that means is back as a starting quarterback. Oh, God. Zach Wilson back. You got it. Oh. Zach Wilson will get the start against the Lions. White, you may remember, suffered an, uh, a rib injury. We told you this on Monday. Um, Wilson has been inactive. I mean, he wasn't the backup. He was inactive. Third quarterback. Uh, after being benched following that disaster against New England. But he is back as the Jets starter, and here they are trying to get into the playoffs to snap a two-game losing streak. I, I tell you one thing, for that kid's sake, and I don't know him, he seems like a pretty good kid. He's got a lot of confidence, and, you know, maybe he's made some mistakes. Hell, he's young. He's 22, 23. You're going to say some stuff and do some stuff. that I mean, look, we were all 22, 23 once, okay? Uh, and he's in New York, and he's a quarterback, and he's got the media all over him 24-7. But I can promise you this. He better get off to a good start. Leader of men. I didn't just hear that. <laughs> that crowd in New York, and that's at the Meadowlands. It's a home game for the Jets. I mean, we know the Lions are coming in laser-focused. They're playing as good as, as a lot of teams around the NFL right now. Trying to get in the playoffs. They need a lot of help. They got help last night. With Seattle losing, they need more help. They need, they need, you know, Giants, Commanders. They need, you know, one of those two for the bottom to fall out along with Seattle, and they've got to keep winning talking about the Lions. But back to Wilson. That crowd, if he comes out the first two or three pass attempts, air mails a guy, throws a pick, bounces one, one of those deals, 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's not a Cincinnati crowd. No, it's not. No, it is not. He will uh, be – I mean, I think he's already been shipped out, right? I mean, that was the whole point of why he was inactive. I mean, they started Mike White. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess this is his third chance, fourth chance. We'll see what Wilson can do. But I'm I'm on the Lions train, and they'll be a half game back from making the playoffs if they win this Sunday. So I that that little uh, sliver of hope for the Lions fans. I mean. We might be looking at a 500 Lions team, and they're not out of it yet. I don't know how long it's been since then, or since that's ever happened. Like 10 years ago, maybe, with Jim Cal – is it Caldwell? Jim? Caldwell, yeah, they should have never let him go. Yeah, I mean – Should have never let him go. Cole Tyler, for that matter. That guy was a good football – he is a good football coach. They made a terrible mistake in Detroit getting rid of him. They brought in Matt Patricia – a uh, good guy, really likable guy. Um, I did a lot of Lions games and, and really enjoyed the time being around Patricia. Of course, he's back in New England. That's where he came from to begin with. Uh, but Jim Caldwell is an outstanding football coach. He should have stuck with him. But the fighting Chris Spielmans. <laughs> Spielman, along with the owner, they were the ones that interviewed Dan Campbell. Campbell gets a job. And look what he's got going on now. What were they, one and six, two and six? One. One and One six. and six. And now look at them. All right, I want to get to the 49ers. Should we just be doing our picks while we're doing this? No. No. Not yet. No. Okay. Not yet. Nope. I want to get to it because the 49ers are off the board. Okay. Uh, they played last night. You know, look, Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, John Lynch as a general manager, um, They've not gone to a Super Bowl. Um, Jim Harbaugh was still the coach the last time the 49ers. Is that right? Or did Shanahan get them to a Super Bowl and they got beat? Yeah, Shanahan took them. All right, Shanahan took them. But they did not want a Super Bowl. That's the point I'm making. Uh, Shanahan is obviously the son of legendary Hall of Fame coach Mike Shanahan. Grew up around the game, played the game, smart guy. John Lynch, great player, really smart guy. So they take over that 49er debacle, okay? Because that's where it was going. Took them a little while to get going. They make the trade for Garoppolo. They get to the Super Bowl. They get beat. But when you look at what Kyle Shanahan has done this year, now, did he make a mistake starting Trey Lance at the beginning of the year? I think he did. But you wonder about the pressure from the general manager and from ownership after drafting Lance in the first round. They bench Garoppolo to start the year. Lance is a starter. And, and you just have the, the, the feeling and the under, you know, sort of under the, the, the you know, the, the, the current. A lot of the players on that team didn't feel like this was a time to be going with a rookie quarterback, that they were built to win and built to win now. Lance gets hurt. In comes Garoppolo. Takes him a little while to get going, and then they really get it going. But then Garoppolo breaks his foot, and in comes Mr. Irrelevant. And for those of you that don't know what Mr. Irrelevant is, when they go through, what is it, six or seven rounds? Seven. Seven rounds. The last guy picked in the draft 
is labeled Mr. Irrelevant. That's Brock Purdy. Purdy steps in there, takes over for Garoppolo. He makes his second start last night. If you score 27 or 21 points or more with the San Francisco 49ers, and they won 21 to 13 last night over Seattle in Seattle to clinch the NFC West, six straight win. If the 49ers score 21, 24, something like that, which with that run game, the way Purdy is playing, two touchdowns last night, 17 of 26, no turnovers, sacked one time. What they have done in San Francisco is unbelievable. Try to put yourselves in a situation, and I know for many of you it's so hard, and Casey's at the top of the list. <laughs> Try to put yourself in the situation. If this scenario at quarterback Plug in the Cincinnati Bengals. No chance. No. None. No way they're on a six-game winning streak. No way they will have clinched their division. I'm not even sure they're in the playoff hunt. I mean, God bless Brandon Allen. He's hung around in the league for a long time. You're not winning anything with Brandon Allen. And I don't even know who's after him. But this is their third quarterback, and they are rolling yeah i mean it really is incredible what san francisco has been able to do it really is um i mean it's not even just that either to me it's like just their whole team in general has just been so well put together i mean the addition of christian mccaffrey just has sent this team over the top i mean get a guy like debo kittle mccaffrey they just all work in tandem. And then when one of them goes down, it's like they don't even miss a beat. Ayuk is still doing well. Um, they just step up and make plays. And it's really incredible. It really is. I will say, however, Brock Purdy is not – he's winning games and he's doing fine. But I will say that he <laughs> – throw it up there. Throw no, the I didn't do there. it. I couldn't do it, Casey. <laughs> Go ahead, whatever it is. No. Anyway, what is it? So the shot clock what is it. <laughs> you want to know what the shot clock is, or what I'm about to say about the... well, well, both. What's the shot? I clock? just threw this off the rails. That's my fault. The shot clock is in order to to keep track of a take, in order to speed up whatever I'm trying to say, and it's it counts down. Once it hits zero, a buzzer goes off. Okay, all right. So, we're gonna start implementing that. So go, go ahead. ahead. So what are you saying about Purdy? I don't understand how you can say he's doing okay. Well, if I, a guy doesn't turn the ball over and he throws two touchdown passes, I don't know how that's okay. It's it's just okay because a lot of the the, the touchdown plays specifically were schemed. I mean, you're throwing two fakes to the. That's good the flats. coaching, right? But I'm not saying it's it's not hard. That's not hard for him to make that play. So congrats on winning, and you're doing. The system quarterback job. That is what he is. He's a system quarterback. There it is. He got in under the shot clock. Play clock. Casey, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I don't understand how in the world you, you don't think. You, I'm only saying it This to... guy is not. You know, a lot of times you say don't lose the game. 
right? When you've got now your third string, just don't lose a game for us, you know? Right. I mean, take, take the Ravens. I use them as an example because they're on their third quarterback. But the 49ers have not, you know, crawled in a hole and played scared with a third-string quarterback. I'm not saying the Ravens haven't either. you got to play to your strengths. And John Harbaugh feels like his team's strength, primary strength, is to run the ball. And they ran for 260, whatever it was last night. They got J.K. last week. They got J.K. Dobbins back now in the backfield. And he's healthy, and he looks great. The 49ers ran it 34 times last night. They throw it 27. They ain't afraid. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying that what he is, what he is, isn't fine. He's fine being assistant quarterback. But you go look at the 49ers fans on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh my God, we found our guy. Our franchise quarterback has come. Our savior, Brock Purdy, beating Tom Brady." Beating our rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, my God. Come on, give me a break. He's a system quarterback. He's your third string guy. That's what I'm trying to say. Casey, we've seen two games. I know. I'm just saying that is what the 49ers fans are saying. Okay, Go look it well, up on Twitter. What I'm saying oh, is they've it. won six in a row. That's what I'm saying. And, and they're not only beating teams. They are kicking teams' tails. I mean, you call them whatever you want to call them. I look around the NFL, and I see a bunch of guys that are starting quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers isn't in the system quarterback. Purdy's numbers are better than his. Oh, here we go. Purdy over Rodgers. Not what I said. Not what I said. Not what I said at all. But you can't start saying that when you're throwing it 27 times a game. Or 26. He was 17 of 26. For over 250 yards. Okay? Look, you, you can make the argument scripted plays. With it. That's the coaching staff's job. That's their job. Is to find plays that work for their teams that take advantage of what they see on film that the other team might do. It's like Zach Taylor running the flea flicker last week. He saw, based on a couple of times early in the game, that when the Bengals were going to run the ball, the safety is just nosediving to the line of scrimmage to stop the run. I can't believe you're using the game where Joe Burrow throws the most tightest pass that we've probably seen all year between two defenders. Jamar Chase doesn't even realize the ball's coming. I'm talking about That's the flea the, flicker. I know, but I'm saying that you can't compare Joe Burrow and Brock Purdy. I'm not compa- You're not listening, Casey. Fire I was up, talking Casey. about schematically the coach's job is to find a play that will work. Trick play, whatever it was. That's what I'm talking about. Kyle Shanahan's job with Brock Purdy, a quarterback, is to find things to take advantage of the defense that they're playing against a play that might work. And I'm not taking so that, that away double from look, them. double fake thing. He saw something in Seattle's defense. He he'd have run that play if Garoppolo was in there. He'd have run that play if Trey Lance was in there. Right. That's I'm not taking anything away from their coaching staff. I just want to temper the 49ers fans because they think that they found their guy. And that's just not true. The 49ers staff is amazing, impeccable. Of course they're going to call and draw up those plays. And Purdy, he executed to perfection, okay? okay. I get that. But Kittle was wide open on, on a cross. So was the, the flea flicker. And 
Yeah, I could have made that throw. But Joe Burrow throws a, the, the, the dart of the year in the same game. What, what, How you, is you, that? You, you're crossing over into apples and oranges here. How can you say, do you think there was somebody in Boston about 17 years ago what that I'm, said when Tom Brady walked in in relief of an injured Drew Bledsoe and maybe he won his first couple of games and maybe they Tom, were a little conservative on offense? Tom, do you think there's somebody out there that made the comment, boy, these Patriot fans, they're all wrapped up in this Brady guy, sixth round pick, whatever the hell he was. What I'm, what and I'm, man, they, they don't have their guy. How do we know that Purdy's not their guy? He's 2-0. and And all I'm saying is... And damn near flawless. I'm saying temper expectations. He hasn't proved anything yet. I'm not tempering anything when you're winning, brother. So you think that they've got their guys. Temper them when you lose. So you think they've got their guys, what you're telling me. look, Look, all I can go by is the body of work. That's all I can go by, okay? All I can go by. And on Brock Purdy, okay... And let's just go to the uh, Casey. Why don't you San like Francisco him? 49ers here, real quick? Like, why don't you think when he's two and zero? Why don't you think he's? No, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't dislike him. I'm okay. just they've saying. outscored their last two opponents with him at quarterback, fifty-six to twenty. Yes, I get 56 that. Fifty-six on the board in two games, but fifty-six. But have you watched what uh, he's throwing to wide open guys? I'm just saying that if Brandon Allen was in there, he would probably get the same praise. And we all okay. know Brandon Allen is a second string quarterback. Can we? But maybe we do. Just we do know that you're correct in that assessment. We that do know. Wait, we do know that Brandon Allen is a second rate quarterback, second string quarterback, because he's proven that that's what he is. I'm not even sure he's a second string quarterback, to be honest with you. That's an area the Bengals need to upgrade next year. But Brandon but Allen has had games. This kid has not you, – you can't say he's anything. You can't say he's Tom Brady. You can't say he's Brandon Allen. You're proving you my point. You can't say he's anything. I'm saying – no, 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 I'm point. not. No, I'm not. You are ready to say don't get excited about Brock Purdy. I'm saying – I would make the argument there's a lot of reason to get excited for Brock Purdy because oh. you've only seen him play two games. If I saw Brandon Allen come trotting out from the sideline, not too bueno excited. And there's a reason why. Track record. Back of the bubblegum car. Brock Purdy. He has hit on 67% of his passes. Please, just time. Hang on. Hang on. 67% of his passes. Okay. He has thrown six touchdowns, two picks. The picks were early when he was coming in and mop-up role behind Garoppolo. I'm not saying he's the next anything. All I'm saying is he's 2-0 and as a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and his team just clinched a divisional title last night on the road in Seattle. Casey needs to see more. I just need to see more, Tom. I, I I want him to continue to do well. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, no, you're rooting to, against a guy. I'm not trying to root against the guy. I'm trying to temper the fans' expectations because they're setting themselves up for failure. Plain and simple. There's a reason why he was Mr. Irrelevant. There's a reason why he's your third string guy and not your first string guy over Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he better than Trey Lance though? 
That's we'll, a good we'll question. We'll see. We'll wait and see because I mean, when was the last time Trey Lance played football? It's a good Week question. Really? Week two. When the he bottom broke line his is ankle. we don't Come know on. what Purdy is yet. We don't know what he is yet. Exactly. That's except what I'm saying. That is my two, point. Except for two and up. That is my point. On the road in Seattle. How many rookie quarterbacks making their second NFL start have rolled into Seattle and gotten a win? All I know is a Brock Purdy jersey is $129.99 on the NFL shop, and I'm <laughs> damn near pulling the trigger. This kid started 41 games in college. 41. Brock Purdy. Iowa State. Um, Are we ready? I like this last thing. And now Ricky Vaughn oh. in the chat room made the comment, I remember when RG3 had a few good games. Ricky Vaughn. He had a lot more than a few good games. And they played him on a shredded knee in the playoffs. On a bad field. I mean, what, what they did was criminal. It, it really was. And nobody wants to say it because of who the coach was. And RG3, he went out there and he played. He played. And he gave them everything they had in that playoff game. You were probably in high school then, weren't you, Paul? Right in D.C.? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that was maybe my freshman year. Something like that. I, oh, man, the city was just. I mean, electric. I did a bunch of their games. Uh, Your guy was unbelievable. It, he was so awesome to watch. That was like the only time in my life that you got fired up to watch a, what was then the Redskins game. Yes. The Washington Football Wizards, as they're known as now. Oh, man. Okay. He was just the best. And then you see. That field that he was playing on towards ACL. I don't know if I've seen the city go from 100 to zero that quick in no a doubt. long time. No doubt. And D.C. sports have had some low moments over the years until 2018. Now, see, sir, boy, wonder you've gone off the reservation. Normally, you know, you're on it. Uh-oh. Says Tom would pick Brock Purdy with the first pick if he had a fantasy draft. I mean, well, I don't. You guys are totally know. misunderstanding what I'm saying here. I, I that's a, what you believe, Sir Boy Wonder. And I know you've got a little, you know, kind of ribbing in you. God bless you. We love it. It's not what I'm saying. He's an undefeated quarterback. That, yeah. I wouldn't blame you if you did take him. He's never yeah. lost. I mean, are we really going to sit here and act like that the defense wasn't the real reason why they won that game last night? I mean, 56 points in two games. 56, last two. 56. We'll, we'll just keep waiting. Now, the defense did score a touchdown last night. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, and you know what's next. It's time, boys. Picks. Somebody went 8-0 last week. Can't remember who that was off the top of my head, but we'll get it figured out in a break. You guys can can remind me. It's been a, been a long few days. Somebody um, went 8-0. We have lots of picks this week. Yeah, we have like 14 picks, I think, because we're picking one, two, three, four, five NFL games and then every bowl game between 11.30 a.m. Eastern time in the Bahamas and Monday morning. Do we have any uh, little, uh, you know, catchy kinds of things that we're going to try to get in today? Things you guys have been so busy working on after hours? We do have a teaser for the picks that's coming soon, but it's not ready today. Okay, yeah, but nothing else today. No teaching, Tom. No, none of that stuff well, today, we have right? This day in history. This day in history. Day in history. Let's go ahead and do that before the break, before right. the pick. Okay. Here. Go okay. Ahead. All right. 
Uh, this day in history, 1972, the Miami Dolphins complete their first undefeated season. And uh, the only undefeated season. And the only season. undefeated season. And it should be noted, went back and did a little uh, checking about their season that year. They only played three games the entire season where opponents played them within 10 points. Their toughest game of the year was on the road in Minnesota the first month of the season. That's how good they were. 1973, Orenthal James Simpson. OJ! First running back to break 2,000 yards. Great football player. End of story. Go ahead. 1991, the Marlins signed their first ever player, Clemente Nunez. It's been that long. I mean, I was before I was alive. 93. When yep. do you... Remember it well. Oh, wait. And then Casey has one more for us. I can't. <laughs> Come on, Casey. You got it, man. Who is it? All right. 1983. Oh, my God. Why would you do this to him, Paul? I, I specifically Why made would you do this to him? So, unless this is going to be a clip later on. Because we spent so long teaching him yesterday that I need him to apply his knowledge now. Go, Casey. Do it. 1983. Yogi. Oh, no. <laughs> I wanted to say it so bad. Yogi Berra. Oh, Yogi Berra. Oh, my God. Is the second Yan Yankees manager. It signs as the second Yankee manager. What? Yogi Bear. <laughs> There's no way he was. <laughs> signs as the second Yankee manager. There's no way in 1980. <laughs> Yogi who? <laughs> we have got Bera. people on the chat that are screaming for Casey to be fired. K Tom. When when I screaming for in capital letters, you're I writing just this stuff. Say his name. When Casey well, when Casey looked over the computer yesterday and goes, Paul, do you think Yogi Barrera would be a good <laughs> add to the This Day in History? You grew up in the Dominican, Yogi Barrera. <laughs> I don't think I have ever fallen out of my seat faster than that yesterday. Uh, I wish there was a. I, I just want an all-time rolling camera in this studio when he popped his head over that computer and looked over to me in that chair. And when we were putting this this day in history segment together, oh, no, all time moment, Casey, you're the best. I love you, Casey. You're the man. I'm glad I could give everyone some entertainment. You know what, though? That's what this show is all about is to grow. We all grow together. The show is growing. Casey's enthusiasm for baseball and knowledge of baseball is growing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not one of us is there yet. Whatever it might be in an expertise you think is your field. Not one of us is truly ever there. So we just continue to grow. We're like that mustard seed, just a mustard seed side of faith, right? We'll move mountains. And that's what we're trying to do here. Just keep Casey like that little mustard seed. That's your new nickname from now on, mustard seed. Mustard seed. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're back with picks. Moving mountains after this. It's that type of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right, Casey. So here's what we're going to do since you need to figure out who Yogi Berra is. So do you know anything about Yogi Berra? I'm going to teach you here because this is important. He's one of the most famous baseball players of all time. I know hardly anything about him. Okay. Tom, you, you don't if you need to if you need to step out, you don't have to. Okay. All right. So Casey, Yogi Berra was known 
outside of his acumen in baseball for being a wordsmith. Okay, so he he would say things that were just the wildest things and the funniest things, and they were called yogiisms. Okay, so like Barrero would be a yogiism. Barrero. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Casey. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, so here's a few. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. When, when, when you come to a fork in the road, when you come and well, take it. When you come to a fork in a road, take it. Yeah. Let me see. He came up with one of the most famous of all times. Yeah. And that it ain't over till it's over. Hey, I said something like that when I was a kid. There you go. That, that's from Yogi Barroa. Or Barrera, or yeah. No one goes there nowadays. It's too crowded. No one goes there nowadays. It's no one goes there nowadays, but it's too crowded. And you know what's funny is like that kind of makes sense. It, it, right? Well, how that many, one actually think it makes a lot of. How sense. many times do you think to yourself, oh, "I'm not going to go there because it's too crowded"? Ninety percent of baseball is mental. The other half is physical. The, wait, you said 90%? Precise. <laughs> See? The mustard seed. Grow <laughs> a little water on it. Go ahead. It gets late early out here. Gets late early out gets here. Gets late early. That's how I feel around here. Why buy good luggage? You only use it when you travel. I mean, he has a good point. He's like, got a lot of great points. That's and why. then he, he capped it all off one day by saying, I've never said most of the things that I've said. <laughs> I feel like that a lot. <laughs> Especially today. All right. So that's Yogi Bahama. Yogi. Yogi Bahama. Yogi Barrera. Yogi Barrera. Yogi Barrera. You know, he grew up in the uh, same neighborhood. I mean, some of the greatest stories that I've ever heard. I had the privilege of, of all the guys I've worked with, by far the most famous person that I have ever worked with was Joe Garagiola. Uh, when the Arizona Diamondbacks started back in 1998, Joe was living in Arizona and made his home there for years. His son was a general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Joe Garagiola Jr. So we invited Joe Garagiola, who used to do the NBC Game of the Week, he was the host of the Today Show. I mean, this guy has interviewed everybody from Golda Meir to John Lennon, from Ozzy Osbourne to President Kennedy. And all names in between, all over the globe, as host of the Today Show. Uh, he did every Sunday Diamondbacks home game. He and I did on television. And uh, what an unbelievable dude. I mean, unbelievable guy. Um, and, and he grew up in the same neighborhood as Yogi Berra. And there's one other person in that group that I am forgetting. Uh, another very famous, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on who it is. A very famous baseball person. Uh, and the three of them to think from this tiny little neighborhood. It's called The Hill in St. Louis. Um, and they all grew up there together. Just amazing. Okay. Anyway, are we ready for picks? Well, I was going to say, and, and his 
Garagiola's grandson, Chris Garagiola, is a broadcaster for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. That's exactly. I, I used to know him pretty well. I haven't that's talked exactly to him in a while. right. He did. He did. did a, does a great job. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if if you're ready, Tom, we're ready to get into it. Are we ready to go? It's making me crazy who that third person was. It's, it's going to make me nuts because it's somebody. It's called the Hill in St. Louis. Okay. And he grew up with Joe Garagiola. Grew up with Yogi Berra. Um, Jack Buck. No. Um, <laughs> I was, who was the other one? Jack Buck did grow up there, but not with them. There's somebody else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We move on. Okay. Ready okay. for picks? Here we go. Let's go. Right, Here's the record. Here, Here we, we go. For the first time in quite some time, there is actually a third member that is in the hunt. After an 8-0 week last week. Now just five games off the pace. It is a dead heat atop the leaderboard with Casey and Paul. Where are we beginning? Here we go. We begin in Cleveland, the Ravens and the Browns. This is a 4.30 kickoff tomorrow, not Sunday. As you mentioned, Saturday, the Brownies, a three-point favorite at home along the banks of Lake Erie. And I am taking... John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens with Huntley at quarterback. What's going on over there? Inside jokes again? No, no. no. There was there was some internal struggle here that I could tell Casey was battling whether he wanted to change his pick or not, and he was about to tell me to change it. Are you sticking with it, Casey? What are we Sir doing? Boy Wonders nah. says I'll be like the Reds after this week's picks, <laughs> which I assume is not good. Go ahead. Well, I I was gonna change just because of. Uh, I didn't want to all be the same or whatever, but I'm picking the Ravens. I can't pick against the stinking – I can't pick the stinking Browns. Like, that's just – Casey, your entire shtick on this show yeah, is against I mean, the Browns, and you're going to go right. pick the Browns? No, no, you're not. And neither am I. Ravens, let's go. Absolutely. So, all, everybody's picking the Ravens? Yeah, yes. our NFL picks don't have a lot of variance, but our college bowl picks are all over the place. All I'm right. giving serious thought to flipping. Oh, no. Oh. Well, you got to do it. This is card laid, card played. I'm giving serious thought to flipping here. Card laid, card I can't. I, I can't pick Stefanski over Harbaugh. Go ahead. All right. On to the next. It's locked in. Dolphins and Bills. This game a touchdown favorite for the Bills in Buffalo with a ton of snow. I've said a million times when a team puts on lily white uniforms and has teal and orange trim rolling into cold weather, they have zero chance. <laughs> zero chance. Teal and orange and lily white does not float in Buffalo, New York. This is a massacre for the Bills. Yeah, and I have to agree with you, Tom. I think the seven points is doable. Ten points was a bit iffy, but seven, I'll take that. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm with you here. I don't need to spend a ton of time on this one. Bills, they roll at home. All right, Lions and Jets. Here we go. Lions baby. and Jets. Oh my! It's a pick'em. The fighting Chris Spielmans. I'm taking the fighting Chris Spielmans. Oh yeah, baby. The Lions. Dan Campbell. Motor. Don't do it. Go ahead. Motor City. Dan Campbell. Give me him. All right. I was out on the Lions early this year. Very out, as Casey knows. Uh -huh. Very out on the Lions. You thought I was all crazy. I'm still not in on the Lions, but I'm in on the Lions more than I'm in on the Jets. Give me do, Detroit. Do, do I remember something like very beginning of the show? I said something like, 
watch out. The you lines did. are kind of sneaky. You did. You I did. will admit, look, you look, did. Look you what's did. going on you right did. now. All right. Uh, Washington. You better hope that the Niners don't win a Super Bowl with um, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy quarterback. Go ahead. We'll remember oh, we'd that have all, one too. You, you're talking about what are we going to talk about after football season? We can spend the whole off season oh, on Brock. Purdy. We're going to fly Brock Purdy in here to Hamilton, Ohio. We'll get him a, a private jet, and, land over at the Butler County Airport over here, and uh, and have him just sit in the studio listen, for about uh, nine, ten days. Listen, I did not straight out, straight up say that I don't think he is the guy. I'm just saying let's temper the expectations that's all i am saying let's not crown him yet that's all i was saying okay but let, let's continue all right washington and new york this game's in washington commanders are four and a half point favorite tom is this the old taylor heineke at the helm i don't know let's double well, check. why wouldn't it be yeah i mean well, unless he got hurt and i've not paid attention they had a week off last week i think didn't they after tying the giants a couple of weeks ago they yeah so they the last game they played was against the giants yeah, and they, and they tied. tied yeah in and, new york and now they've had a bye week and now they're gonna tie again <laughs> uh i am taking the washington football wizards led by ron rivera oh yeah riverboat riverboat ron riverboat ron and i'm also taking the wizards i i'm I'm excited. I'm excited to maybe possibly call them the Commanders for the first time. They got to get in the playoffs. They got to get in the playoffs first. But in, as of now, they're still the Wizards. In the only differentiating NFL pick, I'm going to give the Giants one more oh, shot. Man, you're in for a rude awakening again. I don't know. Four and a half. So these teams both suck. I just want to check yeah. something real quick because I looked this up um, a few days ago. I started to talk about, you know, they, they do the percentages of, of teams' chances to make the playoffs and that kind of thing. Uh, and they were talking about the Lions and how the Lions were going to have to, you know, if they go 3-1, and one, then they need this and this to happen. If they go 4-0, and oh, they need that and that to happen. Uh, but just looking at the playoff picture after the loss last night in the NFC by KC Seattle Seahawks. Um, let's see here. To Brock Purdy and the Niners. Did I mention that? Brock Purdy and the Niners? Oh. Um, so right now, if the Lions win this week, they go to seven and seven. Yep. They're half would be back. a half game behind the winner of the Commanders v. Giants. Right? Yep. Oh boy. Here come the Lions. All right. What's next? Next one up, last NFL game. The Bengalis, three and a half in Tampa. I think we all know where we're going here. Here they come. Bengalis cover. Mean and angry. Go ahead. No. If you're not singing it with us, we're not singing it. I am it. not singing it ever again unless they win a Super Bowl. Never again. Touchdown, Bengals. Put some points up on that board and win the game for Cincinnati. Miami, UAB. <laughs> Just started. Oh. Kicked off. Love well, and honor. Wait, wait, what's the score right now? They're underway. <laughs> yeah, what's the score? Did somebody yeah, run back uh, to kickoff? All right, all right. I, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, oh, I no. really don't want to do it because I'm a Mac guy. But I, I, I've looked at UAB <laughs> and some of the numbers. I'm taking UAB. Miami's driving right now. Fire me still up. Zero zero, but they're driving. I'm also taking UAB though. <laughs> all right, love and honor. I'm the only one that shows Southwest Ohio any respect. Give me the Red Hawks. You know what? I, I hope I lose that game because I hope Miami wins. I like Coach Martin a lot. He's I, the only big time. Well, Wes Miller came on. 
But boy, go out and try to get, you know, you want me to start naming names? <laughs> go out and try to get Luke Fickle. Go out and try to get Sean Miller. Mm. That'd be fair. Right? Sean. We got the MKU coach on. These are the guys I root for from now on. I won't root for Coach Martin when they play Ohio University. But outside of that, from now on, okay, and we'll see what the deal is with Satterfield moving forward. Um, but look, the guys who uh, who find time and make time for off the bench, small little startup here in Hamilton, Ohio, we're on board with them. All right. Oh, of course. UTSA and Troy. Clash of the Titans. UTSA is University of Texas at San Antonio. And I am taking UTSA in this one. That Maybe. is a Troy as a one-point favorite. Troy is a one-point favorite. Yep. Yes. Beep, beep. Taking the Roadrunners. <laughs> Roadrunners. Nice. Uh, Troy's had a weird season. Uh, they're 11-2, and two, same as UTSA. Troy lost that heartbreaker against App State earlier this season. Um, I think people may maybe were – I don't want to say expecting them to be better than they are because 11-2 and two is pretty good. But I'm going to stick with the Trojans. Give me Troy. Um, by the way, both of these teams I think we mentioned yesterday, both are on 10-game winning streaks. Is that correct? I think so. I, I think, think that's, that's what we said. Okay, go All ahead. Right. The Bearcats and the Cardinals. Tomorrow, the Louisville. Cincinnati Bearcats with Evan Prater at quarterback, two-point underdog. Um, I am a huge Kerry Combs guy, so I'm taking Kerry Combs and the Cats tomorrow. All right. Yeah, I'm all, I, I all year have been <laughs> down on UC. I, I've faded them like every game, right? Just about. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much, and it hasn't failed, but. This time feels a little bit different. I, I, I like Kerry Combs. I like the fact that Louisville is also down their head coach. Now at UC Bearcat, maybe they might slip some information there that can help us. So I kind of I like that. I like UC in this one. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Malik Cunningham's not playing in this game. Give me UC. Okay. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, we had a suggestion uh, uh, on the chat about getting Kerry Combs on. Uh, I've already asked him about coming on. And he will be happy to do so. He's going to be staying on as part of the staff under uh, Coach Satterfield. Unless something changes. Somebody comes along and offers Kerry uh, something a little bit different. Yeah, Miami on the move at the UAB 34. Okay, what's next? Uh, we have Florida and Oregon State. Oregon State minus 10. Uh, Florida is playing their backup. Anthony Richardson not playing in this game. Why is he not playing? Please don't tell me he declared for the draft. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he declared, right? Is he an under an underclassman? Anthony Richardson uh, is, yeah, going to the draft. Yeah, and uh, what's crazy is that he's getting first-round hype. Oh, They're, my Lord. I know. <laughs> mm. Well, you know uh, what? <laughs> I mean, look, we've talked about this, and we talk a lot about it with Brian Billick. Um, you know, there are guys you watch playing college you swear are going to be really good pros and it doesn't happen, and the same goes the other way. I mean, God bless Anthony Richardson. If he has a great pro career, good for him. Uh, I am going to take in this one with, with the, the, the Gators, uh, a lot of guys not playing in this one. Otherwise, I would always pick an SEC team over a Pac-12 team, but not this time. Oregon State just gave their coach contract extension. They've had a hell of a year at 9-3. and three. All right. 
That's yeah, Beavers. I mean, I'm I'm also taking the Beavers on this one too, just with all the players that Florida's missing. And by the way, my Anthony Richardson take at the beginning of the season. Not great, but I mean at least the first round hype it gives it some justice that I saw something there. Elite talent evaluator. <laughs> Casey McAllister. If he goes first overall, or not first overall, but in the first round, I I'll I'll won't feel as bad as how I was feeling about that. All right. How you feeling, Paul? Oh, you, you're, you're sly. You know that you, you, tr <laughs> you were convincing me and Tom. Oh, they got no one. They got no one playing Florida. Gators. I was just informing you for the pick. <laughs> you see this? That Tom? was all I was doing. And you can change your pick if you want, but give me the Gators. Jack Miller, backup quarterback. Give it to me. Pro style passer, Jack Miller. Backup quarterback. Jack Miller, you know where he came from, don't you? No, I don't. Jack Miller was the number one ranked college quarterback, a high school quarterback in the country. <clears throat> what? Two years ago. Came out of, and signed with Ohio State. Oh, oh. yes, that's right. Yes, I did He's know He's from that. Scottsdale, Arizona. Jack Miller. His father manages one of the nicest resorts in all of Scottsdale, the Princess Resort. He's the GM. Really? Uh, and yes. And Jack Miller... Uh, a lot of people think he's got a chance to be a great quarterback. He, he you know, he, he came to Ohio State. Uh, he was the backup to Fields. Um, and then Stroud comes in, and the writing was on the wall. Miller out. Off he goes into the transfer portal. Off to um, – tell you what, you think about some of the quarterbacks that, that have left Ohio State just in the last two years. Here you get Miller, Quinn Ewers. All right, what's next? Fresno State and Washington State. Fresno is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And I am taking Fresno State. Okay. Okay. Um, I, this is kind of me just trying to make up some ground. I don't know much about these two teams, but I'm going to take Washington State. Um, just based off of um, doing a little, little digging, I, I'm going to take the underdog on this one. All right. Miami went for it on fourth down inside the UAB 35. Uh-oh. Denied. And on the very first play from scrimmage by UAB, Dylan Hopkins to Trey Shropshire, 46 yards. UAB has the ball second and six at the Miami of Ohio 18-yard line. Not They're more worried about drinking high noons up in Oxford. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know a ton about this game, if I'm being completely honest. I looked up a little bit enough to feel decently okay with this pick, but I'm going to go with Fresno State. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this is top of my board. Okay, Rice and Southern Miss. <clears throat> I am taking the fighting Brett Favre's. <laughs> Southern Miss. Um, this is another one where I just wanted to be different to try to gain some ground. I, I don't feel confident in this pick at all, but I mean, I, yeah, I'm just going to stick with my guns. I'm going with rice. I know they, they probably stink, but all right. Well, I mean, one team's five and seven, and the other in six and six. So, yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it, okay. both are not how does like, five and seven get you in a bowl? I was wondering the same thing. I, mean, I thought you had to win six games. I thought you had to go five hundred. 
All right. Go Is ahead. There an exception or something? Maybe it was a conference championship game or something. Go ahead. Southern Miss, give them to me. Two more games here. Uh, we have. Oh, it would help if I flew it up on the screen. Did we? Did we get everybody's picks? Did everybody see? Okay. By the way, uh, to the USA veteran, retired veteran, God bless. He had to check out. Won't catch the last ten minutes of the show. Have a good weekend. Uh, All right. SMU BYU. I am taking the Mustangs. The fighting Eric Dickersons. The fighting Craig James. All right. Casey? You know, I'm taking BYU. We had a lot of hype with BYU early on the season. And uh, I know they, they lost a lot towards the end there, but give them to me. I like BYU to win this game, not only cover. Wow. Give me BYU. All right. If anybody wants a spicy money line, it's not even that spicy for, you know, four points. It's not like it's double digits. But if you're looking for a money line play, I think it's around plus 150. I'll take BYU to win this game outright. Uh, Boise State and North Texas, Tom, our last game. I always take, because I called that very famous Fiesta Bowl many, 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 many years ago now. Hard to believe it's been that long. Solid 15 years ago. I'm taking Boise State to cover the 10.5 in this one against North Texas. I remember that game, Casey, before you make your pick. I remember that game, the Boise State-Oklahoma game, because I think I was in third grade, maybe fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And we went out to the playground to play football at recess. And for like the next week, the only play we ran was that Statue of yeah, Liberty. That's right. We all went out there and were like, oh, it worked. It's got to work for us. It's all we did for a week. Thought it was the coolest thing we'd ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Tom Brenneman. Yeah, right there. Right there. Has been wannabe. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm picking Boise. Um, mainly because they were supposed to have a good season, right? And yeah. They, 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 I mean, they did. 9-4 is not bad, but it's... They were supposed to have a better season. They were supposed to have a better season. So I think this team is better than what they appear. So There's more Boise than State. meets the eye. Yeah, I'll take Boise State in this one. Okay. You know what, guys? A little Friday solidarity. I'm with you. Let's go with the Broncos. How about that? Let's okay. go with the Broncos. All right, very nice. Very nice. And, of course, we're going to cover all these uh, bowl games moving forward. Um, we've got them all coming, including uh, leading right up to New Year's Eve afternoon. When TCU is going to completely dismantle Michigan, and Ohio State will chop down number one. I'm but that's it. for a different time in a different place. You gonna say, Paul? I'm just seeing some bull slander in the chat. I don't like it. I don't like it. What do you mean? What, what, what's the know. slander people, about people it? People saying we don't watch random bowl games. I don't know. Oh wait, sorry. I maybe I now I'm seeing another comment that. Maybe I spoiled a box lunch topic. Brian, thanks for the call. Brian says, hey, I got to say these two hours have flown by. Good stuff, fellas. We appreciate it. Emperor chimes in as well. Uh, so we thank everybody for uh, joining us. And Sir Boy Wonder, he says he loves bowl games. They're the best. Sir Boy Wonder is a positive, upbeat guy. It's one of the reasons I like this guy. I don't even know him. But he's an upbeat dude. Um, so we like having him 
with us every single day. Do we have a cherry on top today or no? We're going to just we do. tease box. No, we didn't. No, no, no. We have a cherry on top. Okay. All right. What do we got? We have a cherry on top. So as you all may or may not know, uh, Charlie Woods, Tiger Woods' son, is starting to Ugh. he's starting to play some golf. But he was getting ready for his tournament today. Play the hits, Casey. So Charlie Woods, Tiger Woods. Tiger's been his caddy. Charlie's getting ready to play today. But look at Tiger breaking out the baseball bat here. Watch this. Charlie's got such a swagger. Look at Tiger. Uh, get him out there. Look at that swagger. Tell me that kid's not going to be the next best thing in golf. Got good genes. But there are a lot of great golfers out there, man. I mean, by the tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. There really are. That is one sport where, man, it doesn't matter where you go here in Ohio. Our son played varsity lacrosse uh, and, and golf. And you watch some of these kids. I mean, I don't know if there's a better high school program in the country than right up the road here at Kettering Altar. I mean, they got five guys, and you send five guys to it. They've won a state championship. I don't know how many years in a row now, Division Two. They got all five guys shooting 70, 68, 67. These guys are 16 years old. I mean, it's amazing how good these guys – and that's not even D1. I mean, it's mind-boggling how, how, how many tens upon tens upon thousands of great young golfers, boys and girls, uh, there are out there. All right, box lunch Friday. It's time to get a little lunch. You guys have to work for an hour first. How are we doing, man? Doing well. Really quickly, while, while the topic's up, who has a better chance of success, Bronny James or Charlie Woods? Who, who, who's who's going to have a better oh. career? That's a good question. In their perspective. What do you think? Tough. That's a tough spot to be for both kids. I, for some reason, think that it's going to be Charlie. Yeah. Okay. I don't Did think it's anywhere close. Bronny's not that good. The other son is good. Bronny's not that good. Bronny uh, might not even play in the NBA. Did you see that swing by Tiger? It's a nice little swing. I put oh, it in yeah. there well, for he's you. He's a big, strong dude, man. Let's put him on the Barons. Let's, uh, Birmingham Barons. Let him play double A. Let him play out. Outfield, he can't run anymore. Let Terry run. Francona be the coach. That's a good point. Run it back like MJ. Got a bad leg. You know, it's really, you know, it, 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 did any of you guys watch that made-for-TV event they had on the other night where the golf course was lit bit. up at night a little bit? You know, I watched I a little bit of it. We had it on, and, and not, not much. But, you know, I for those people who have some kind of disability, uh, and, and I mean this very seriously, a, a serious disability of some kind where a leg's shorter than another, they had an accident, and things didn't heal right, whatever it might be. Now, Tiger's is not as pronounced as someone you might see like that, but, but it's painful to watch him walk anymore. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. Mm -hmm. it, it almost hurts you sitting there watching him try to move around after that car accident. And, you know, hey, I mean, at least he's out there and he's Tiger Woods and billions of dollars, all that kind of stuff. I get it. But it's just... It's hard to it's hard to watch. Anyway, brighter note, what's going on today? Well, we're going to talk about the bowls first off. And are you a fan of the bowl system, Tom? I think there are too many. 
I think they're tired. Paul, you like the Bulls? Oh, I love the Bulls. Oh Dude, there's some good God. matchups. Does it I mean, surprise you? Does it surprise you that the guy that still has still has a landline phone that's stuck to the wall and also gets the daily newspaper delivered to his house isn't gonna like the Bulls? Loves the Bulls. Loves, Loves the, Bulls. the Bulls. What is wrong outside of the college football playoff? Now, a lot of the games are diminished because of guys declaring for mm -hmm. the NFL draft. Tired. But there's some really good matchups. I think there's just a better way of going about it. Which would be what? Um, I don't know. Make a college football playoff. Then you have an NIT like like the basketball does. You have a secondary. A you haven't heard that one before. Little playoff. Okay. And right. then you just you keep relegating it down just like college basketball does. And you actually have a postseason instead of just sending them to um, New York, uh, the Yankee Stadium, and get a play in 20-degree weather. That doesn't yeah. sound like a whole lot of fun. Now no, I think I that's where that that's definitely where the new playoff is going to help significantly. Yes. I mean it's 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 gotten to where even like uh, Seho of all guys said he's not even that excited about UC's bowl game because right. The truth is is that when you get a little taste of the college football playoff, you've admitted this that everything else just goes out the window at that point. Once you get a little taste of the idea of your team, your fandom being a part of the playoff. You're really not that interested anymore in the other games. Now, I will say that maybe there's this outside chance that you could have a little bit of interest in the Rose Bowl because there is a lot of nostalgia there. Now, you're talking about interest as fans. just a fan that has no ties to any of these schools. Right. Okay. But, yeah. but for these schools, though, on the other hand, the Bulls, and I use my alma mater, they're a big deal. You, know you think I, Florida Gators fans? You cash a big check. You get to go somewhere and continue your playing career because for a lot of these guys that play at the UTSAs of the world, the Ohio Universities of the world, the Troys of the world, Miami of Ohio's of the world, these kids who may not play in the National Football League, they get to have one more game. What about to go a out non, there and leave a winner? Non-Power 5 playoff. That's, that's, yeah. that's that. And that's then fun. The, and then the other one is like if you're in the Power 5 and you don't make the playoffs – with whatever it is, what, 12 teams? Is it 12 teams? You don't play. How come the older generation that kills, maybe not my generation, I don't know, you... you my generation, come You know, on. the younger generations. <laughs> how come the older folks are always about, you know, these participation trophies? Oh, these people get everything. Wait, hold on Let's a make sure everyone feels good. You know, the one thing I want to say... trophies were invented by your generation, no. not no, by no, mine. No, no way. No way. Tra Talk to Tracy Jones. Participation trophies <laughs> have come about source. in the last number of years, starting out in California. And Mike <laughs> Tomlin was a guy who said it. He's my age. Tomlin's a guy that said, where in the world did this participation trophy stuff Tom. You think that went on when I was a kid? Well, no, you, no, no, no. Who hands out the trophies? You, you think the kids yeah. are you making the trophies? No, no. It's the 30, and I see them in my neighborhood. The reason I can no longer coach basketball in the community that I live in is because, oh, Mr. Brenneman's too hard on little Johnny. Might say something to hurt his feelings. Why are you it's trying to hurt Johnny's 35 feelings? 35 year olds. Oh, my God. How oh, can he say that to my son? These are the guys. I got a buddy of mine that's one of the most powerful lawyers in the United States of America. Blake guy Mason. my age. Hugely successful guy. Okay, you'd never know it if you if you ever met him. Oh. When they decide to give away bonuses 
in their law firm at the end of the year. It's only been until the last three or four years. Okay? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we're going to give Trace a $10,000 bonus. Well, guess what? We send the $10,000 bonus to Trace. He goes and tells his mom and dad. And mom and dad calls the lawyer who made the decision. Why did my son only get $10,000? <laughs> that is going on in the world today. With the it didn't go says, on, brother, but, when I but was But Tom, it was your generation that started giving no, them out. No, the, the generation that started giving them out was a generation that's probably now in their early 40s. That's Tom, the generation. I, my, my, dude, my I'm, little, I'm almost 60 years old. My, there is the same no way age on my God's dad. earth that happened in my generation. Tom, my Little League coach was not 20 years old. He we got participation trophies in their, when we were kids. I'm saying the guys who are now in their 40s, this stuff has just started to happen within about the last 8 or 10 years is when this started. I got, I got participation when I was a kid. trophies. Well, in certain yeah. areas like the elitist of the world, like in D.C., <laughs> You know, in, in, along the eastern seaboard, in along Hamilton. the west coast. Yeah, all that stuff up. They Elite. infected the Midwest with all of their <laughs> nonsense. And that's why you see it now in places like Ohio. So my point oh, is... Oh, little Janie, great job. You kicked the ball on the other team's goal. My Get point, me out of here. My, I gotta go. My I point, gotta go. My point is this. How come the, the generation that, that just can't stand the participation trophies... Loves these participation bowls. Because these teams win five and six and no, seven let games. Let me tell you why. Because that that generation is fiscally responsible. Their universities and alma maters get a nice payday out of this to fund the non revenue generating sports. That's what this is all about. At the end of the day, it's about the cash. At Ohio University, if they're not playing in that bowl game this year, okay, where in your case you said, let's pick a Power 5 conference, okay? Florida. If Florida versus Florida, okay? If Florida Oregon State. is not cashing a check for Lord knows how much it's worth, half a million, million, maybe two, three million, that amount of money is helping to fund girls' track, is helping to fund... Boys volleyball. I understand. Is helping. That's what. So that's what I'm saying. Keep that bubble the has games. to pop. Then. If you don't want to follow them, don't follow them. But that's what they're there for. All right. Well, we have this. Uh, and everybody gets a trophy, so it's all good. We have this thought. We've talked about this at length. Yes. The box lunch boys, if you want to call us that. We we've we've thought about how can we make college football great again. You know what I'm saying? What? How can what we? Do you mean how great can we, again? What the hell's uh, wrong? It's, it's the second most watched sport uh, in the world. I mean, I'm in, just in the saying. United States, how there's nothing we, wrong with it. I mean, you can always make things better. Well, yeah, that's true. I learned that on this show. All right, today. So what I'm thinking is, is just like maybe the guys over across the pond and their game that they like, which no one really likes in America outside of the select few yeah. in soccer. Oh, uh, cricket. Oh, uh, I was going to be <laughs> relegation. We get yes. we get all the top teams in the country, Tom. Yep. We we're, we we round now, them up now, in the league. Now that we've gotten rid of the idea that you have to play within your own geographical areas in the United States to be able to be on the same conference, now that USC and UCLA debunked that myth, maybe we just say, you know what? Forget it. The top. What would we say? I don't know. 20, 20, 26 teams. So there's thirteen teams in each division. One team always gets a bye. You play twelve game series against against your your side of the bracket. 
the bottom four teams at the end of the year of this top 26 get kicked out. They're down to the next tier. And then, the and then the top four, four from the tier below creative that. Creative thinking. Boom. Jump up. Well, that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like uh, just like the how they soccer, do soccer in over well, here. No, what, what's the famous TV show? Oh, Come on, man. Weakest Link. No, the oh, one no. that that was chat. That, what what what's he talking guy? about? Chat. I, I what it's on Apple TV. TV show. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. That's what Ted happened Lasso. with their team. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we're talking right? about. Is that that happens over in Europe for for the soccer leagues? Is the top the bottom teams get kicked out, get demoted? And the top teams get moved up. That way we always see Ohio State playing against um, Alabama, Georgia. We always get these top-tier teams at the top. Yeah, imagine that season. Yeah, but you know what? You, you, you'd have so many guys hurt. You'd have That's so many guys hurt on every team. Oh, listen to these Ohio State it, No, fans. I'm saying, look, I'm saying you're the same thing. You're If you were any, any number of these teams, if you're Penn State, if you're Alabama, if you're LSU, if you were playing Penn State, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, if you were playing teams like that every single week over 10 weeks, you, would, you wouldn't have half your team left. I don't believe that. You, but, got, yeah. you got guys limping into the bowl with a month off. Now. Two of Ohio State's biggest stars are not playing in that game. Georgia's got three guys right now that can't even get on a practice. We meet. will adapt. Well, Humans will adapt. They get better all, at protecting act themselves. Like, act like Ohio State has two guys that can't play. One guy can play. Let's not act like he can't. Who? Smith and Jigga. He you don't, cannot You play. don't think he can play? No, I don't. Oh, No, please. I don't. I don't think he's seen three doctors from coast to coast. He didn't see three doctors. He went and seen his mom, his dad, and his agent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, this is the hate. No, it's I'm with him. It's a hate in the world. Come, Come on, Tom. Hate. He is Tom, not. Don't fall he for it. He cannot play. <clears throat> don't cannot fall play. for it. Cannot play. Could oh, re-injure it even worse than it is already, and then he, he can't play in a pros. And Travion Henderson's having foot surgery. What are you going to do? All right, boys. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Go get him. Get the world figured out. That's what we do. And before you guys can sit around and sing Kumbaya and give out participation trophies like they do in Virginia, D.C., I'll just be waiting for you to give me mine. No, you won't get it from me. <laughs> it's your generation. Pat on the back. Good going. Tried hard. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, no. But Brutal. what? 